Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome, 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 one and all, to the Talking Philly Sports with Maddie B podcast here um, with you on this beautiful Tuesday, late Tuesday afternoon, December the 21st, or 20th, sorry, 2022, and it is a Eagles Victory Tuesday here on the pod. Uh, yes, I know, I know, Eagles Victory Monday. Give me a break, man. Guys, give me a break. So, I'm a little late, but not as late as I've been lately on this show. Uh, typically, I don't come at you until Thursday when we try to wrap everything together uh, into one episode. We do the Eagles breakdown, and then we get right into the week 16 or the next following week of the NFL. But today, I'm back to somewhat of a normal schedule, as here I am um, uh, on this on this Tuesday to kind of break down some of the things that been you know we had a a weird wild weekend in the National Football League. We had a weird, wild weekend on Sunday. Uh, it's specifically with your Philadelphia Eagles as they were victorious, twenty-five to twenty over the Bears, to elevate the record now thirteen and one. Uh, and all systems seem to be going in. Uh, all systems are seem to be a go for this team, locking up number one overall in the NFC, and of course locking up the NFC East, which will all be kind of coming to the head on Saturday in Dallas. Because yes. Not only are we breaking down some Philadelphia Eagles football and breaking down some Week 15, we got a Dallas week to talk about. It is Dallas week yet again, the semi-annual uh, or the, the yeah the semi-seasonal um, ritual that we get uh, every NFL year, and that's the kind of lament and prepare specifically for them Dallas Cowboys. And we have arrived at that point uh, for the second time this season, 2022, as the Eagles on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve afternoon, 4.30 uh, start time out there in Big D. We'll battle the Dallas Cowboys with everything on the line for the Philadelphia Eagles. A win in that game, the Eagles will lock up number one overall in the NFC as well as lock up the NFC Eastern Divisional Championship to once again allow the NFC East not to have a repeat winner since the 2004-5 or 3-4 Philadelphia Eagles uh, were the last two teams, last team to do that, and that was, of course, the last two of four straight that the Eagles won back in the early 2000s. No other NFC East team has repeated as NFC East champions since then, and that streak seems to be it seems to stay will, will stay intact this year as the Eagles are literally one win away uh, and one Dallas Cowboy loss away from um, from achieving that feat, but. There's so much more to kind of talk about before we even get to the Dallas Cowboys. Let's kind of go back in time a little bit to Saturday. Uh, the NFL started its its annual traditional Saturday NFL games in the later part of December. Uh, there were four on the slate for Saturday. Four, four really good games that really kind of came down to the end. All of them did in weird, wild ways in e each one of them. And then um, you had the games on Sunday as well, and the Eagles played on Sunday. They beat the Bears 25-20. But before we jump into the Bears game, let's talk about some of these games that happened. Uh, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Baltimore, Cleveland, Miami, Buffalo. I'm sorry, there was three of them on Saturday. I apologize. I thought there was four. Um, Miami and Buffalo obviously might have been the marquee matchup of the week. Not only was it had a, had a very old-school vibe to it, in my opinion, when I was watching that game, you know, Buffalo had gone back to the white helmets. They, they did it a few years back, uh, but they're kind of looking like the old school Buffalo bills. 
And then Miami, of course, never has changed away from their white helmets. They changed their design and logo a little bit, but it's always been kind of that 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 look, that same look, that teal and the white and the and all that. So, you know, to have a game that one featured these two old school looks, right, and also featured two these two teams who back in my day when I was growing up were powerhouses within their own division. Uh, Buffalo and Miami both were very good football teams through the 80s and into the 90s. And um, now they've each of them fell on some hard times from the 90s on. But both of them now seem to be, of course, uh, the two dominant teams in that ASC East. Uh, Patriots have long since fallen from their glory. And now it seems that void has been filled by Buffalo, especially. Uh, but also for uh, Miami now, kind of the upstart team. Then you throw in. Uh, mid-December in Orchard Park, New York, uh, the holidays, and then the weather. Yeah, the weather. It started to snow in that game around midway through the first half, and it never stopped to the end. And by the time the game was over, there was about maybe an inch or two of snow on the field and just really had an old-school football uh, feel to that entire game. Uh, and it was it was great. Uh, if, if you're – a football fan, not not I'm, not. I'm not asking if you're a Buffalo Bill or a Miami Dolphin fan, but if you're a football fan, uh, that was your perfect venue. That was your perfect situation to be in. And um, the game itself did not disappoint. That was one at the very end on a field goal by the Bills, as they um, as they clinched the AFC East and clinched a playoff spot as well. Uh, Miami, of course, their season is far from over. They they will probably they. I mean, more than likely will be one of the AFC wild cards and potentially uh, another rematch with the Buffalo Bills down the line. But um, this game was definitely the marquee matchup of the weekend for me. Um, it was just really that good of a game. And then you had the other games on Saturday. And then you had some games that were on Sunday. The overarching theme, and we'll talk about the Commanders-Giants, uh, the Cowboy game as well, the uh, Cowboys and um, Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, the upset there, Doug Peterson coming up big, beating the Dallas Cowboys. But somehow, some way, the, the Dallas Cowboys found found themselves at the end of the day on Sunday, a playoff team. Or, uh, yeah, the end of the day on Monday, I should say. Or Sunday, Sunday night. A playoff team. Yeah, as a result of the Washington Commanders uh, losing to the New York Giants, um, it thrusted the Dallas Cowboys into the playoffs. They they locked up one of the NFC wild card positions or one of the NFC wild card spot or one of the NFC playoff spots, as they're technically still in this race for the division as well. But um, there has been a the overarching theme of most of these games. Not only were they really good games, and this is what I don't I don't seem to understand. Um, there was some really good football played on on Saturday and Sunday this week. Really good football. Uh, but the overarching theme seems to be the referees, the officials, uh, egregious official calls in most of these games. Uh, some of the highlight games, there's some calls in that uh, that Minnesota Indy game, and obviously there's been a lot of calls in the Giant and Commanders game. And I, I I've been listening to it for the last 24, 48 hours now with people kind of airing their frustrations about the officials, and mainly I've been listening to Philadelphia Eagle fans airing their complaints about officials and we won this week so i don't understand why one the eagle fandom or eagle nation seems to be this kind of wrapped up around the officials but uh, you know i'm, I'm going to get into that and i'm going to kind of um 
spout my rhetoric here on that. But listen, like it or not, for good or for bad, or for up or for down, or for sideways, the officials are part of the game, and any professional game. And I don't care what level you're talking about. The greatest levels of the world, which are the NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, to the lowest levels of those sports. The officials are a part of the game, for good or for bad, or for up or for down, or for sideways. And speaking as an official, because I am, I'm an on-ice hockey official. I'm as well as I'm an umpire. Um, We, and I know I can speak for myself, attempt to be the best we can be at, at, at at our profession. It's not easy and i cannot imagine and and i'm at the junior level i'm at the youth level i've done some high school varsity games in baseball done some high school varsity games in hockey i've done some lower level junior hockey and i've done some college hockey right the game moves fast a lot faster than it looks like it's on tv and a lot faster it looks like when you're sitting in the stand the game is moving very quick now you factor in You add the best players in the world at those sports in the NHL and the NBA or in the NFL, the thing is moving like a goddamn freight train, but like a freight bullet train. So damn fast. Officials are trying to do the best they can. They're making calls as they see them in real time. They have they're they're interpreting rules the way they understand them to be. And but and make no mistake of it, folks. The officials know the rules better than you do. Okay. You may not like the fact the officials know that but they know it better than you do. They know it better than the coaches do because that's their job. Now, were there some egregious calls? There were. Were there some blatant pass interference, especially in that? It seems that the commanders and giant game seems to be the one everybody kind of focuses at when there was two bad calls, one being involving Terry McLaurin at the goal line, uh, allegedly looking over to the referee, making sure that he was in the proper position on the line of scrimmage, and literally, I guess the, the rhetoric is that he said to the official, am I good? And the official then nodded yes. But as he was nodding yes, he was literally putting his hand in his pocket to put his hand on that flag because as soon as the ball was snapped, he was going to throw the flag. I got that. I, and I don't know. I wasn't on the ground. I wasn't that official. I wasn't Terry McLaurin. I didn't hear the conversation. I didn't, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't privy to that, 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 all right? So I'm not really certain what what's going on there. And then there was the pass interference call that negated a touchdown, which was straight blatant pass interference, right? I got all that, but there's rules in place. It, the pass interference call it is it is a reviewable call, correct? I mean, I, it, it, is it a reviewable call? I thought that we we changed that after that NFC uh, championship game. Um, was it Saints Rams thing? I thought we changed that. Whether or not the coaches had the challenges to do it, that's that's not on me, and that's not on the officials either. So, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that the officials are being kind of given a bad name. No, they made some bad calls. I've seen it. I've seen it for myself. But it is part of the game. And it's not like they're going to go back and redo the play, or they're not going to go out and say, you know what, mm, yeah, you're right. Let's Let's negate that call. Let's bring everybody back together, replay that down, and try to get the game settled correctly. It's not. You know, earlier in the season, the Eagles and the Commanders played in a game where the Eagle fans were really on the officials for bad calls, and they were. There were some bad calls. But if you're if, if your hopes, if you're pinning your hopes every week in a game on whether or not you're going to get a call or not, then you probably are doing your job wrong. Because part of the officials' job 
part of my job as an official, at least, is never to be a factor in the game, okay? Sometimes they're thrust into that. Sometimes they are. But there always seems to be thrusted into it when the teams that are playing are not able to kind of put each other away. Then all of a sudden, it, 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 you know, the environment for the officials to be a factor kind of um, shows its ugly head. Whether or not that it happens, that's totally up on the official or whatever the situation might be. But as an official, you never want to be the factor of a game. But sometimes you're thrust into that position because the teams that are playing are not able to put each other away. Now, is that the official's fault? No. But should the official be a factor? No. Perfect storm. I don't know the answer to this. The official's got to do better, yes. But to sit here and blame officials for your team's struggles, to me, is, is a wimpy, wimpy ass excuse. All right? Play better next time. Put yourself in a position where you don't need the official uh, to make a call that's going to end you the game or, or lose you the game or win you the game. Don't put him in that position. Do your job on the field. Dominate. Beat your opponent. And then when a pass interference call that's egregious is called against you, it's not a life or death situation. But the other side of that coin is the officials need to do a better job. And I agree. But I'm never one, and I was before as an official, I was never one to blame the officials. And I'm certainly, as an official now, not going to blame them. All right. They're doing their best. This is not professional wrestling. You don't have officials that are out there on the fix. Right. And that's the other thing I want to talk about is this official thing. And then we'll move on to the Eagle game. The questions that, that the NFL had the fix in on that Redskin or that Commanders Giants game because they wanted the Dallas Cowboys to make the playoffs is probably one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard in my entire life. Absolutely ridiculous. This is not professional wrestling. Okay. This is not, you know, with the ref that was, you know, he he was making really bad calls, and then he turned into be a bad guy and became a wrestler. I forget the guy's name. You guys know what I'm talking about, you wrestling fans out there. It was back in the 80s. This is not that. The NFL did not have the fix in to let the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right. It's absolutely 100 percent ludicrous. And who cares if the Dallas Cowboys made the playoffs? Bring them. What's the old adage? If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I'm not saying the Cowboys are the best, but if you want to, if the NFL wants to consider them the best, then well, well to bring them on. So drama-filled weekend. <laughs> drama-filled weekend in the NFL when it comes to the officials, and it also comes with some great games. Um, just kind of lending itself to the narrative of what 2022 has been up to this point, which has been a wild and wacky season where you can't really uh, depend on anything because it just does none of it makes any sense. And that leads us to the Philadelphia Eagles. In a game that turned out to be a lot more greasier than a lot of people thought it was going to be, to me, to me included, I honestly thought, and I said this on the pregame show with Kyle Quinn, that there was no way in hell that the, that the Chicago Bears uh, could compete with this team. Talent-wise, there's just nothing. You had um, you had Fields, the quarterback, that basically was just a one-trick pony. That's it. There's no other weapons on that offense. So as an Eagle defense, it should be pretty simple how you're going to go about trying to beat the Bears, and that's by taking out Justin Fields. Uh, the Eagles were unable to do that. Justin Fields was running up and down the field on the Eagles, and he was beating them with their arm. He was moving the football. Now you add in a couple other factors. It was 26 degrees at game time, and the real field down on the field apparently was about six degrees above zero. I don't think any of the players were ready for that. Justin or Jalen Hurts said it himself at the end of the game, I couldn't feel my arm. 
it was the coldest I've ever played in. Well, you know what, Jalen, buddy, I hate to say this to you, man, but welcome to the NFL in Jan in December and January. Because eventually, one day, and it may not be this year, because it doesn't look like it's going to be that, but one year, you may have to go to Chicago in a playoff game. You're going to have to go to Denver, or you won't go to Denver, but you may, you'll have to go to a place like um, Green Bay for a playoff game, or Philadelphia when they go through their really bad cold snaps. So get used to it, brother. This is what life in the NFL is like, especially if you want to be a Super Bowl team. But the Eagles couldn't figure out Justin Fields. And the game went back and forth all afternoon. As for the Eagles, listen, and we'll get to the Jalen Hurts injury here in a second. A, a very badly coached or very badly schemed game, in my opinion. And the Eagle running back did not touch the football on a designed run until about six minutes to go or six minutes left in the second quarter. That's unheard of, man. Almost, almost a half of football went by before a Philadelphia Eagle touched the football, a Philadelphia Eagle running back touched the football. Everything before that was runs, RPO, or was, was throws, RPOs, or designed Jalen Hurts runs. And Jalen took a shot over and over and over again in this game to the point where it came back and got him. Jalen Hurts suffered a shoulder sprain somewhere in that game. I think it was late and is now going to be out for Saturday's game potentially longer. Uh, the Eagles are obviously not going to be up front completely on the severity of that injury, but he is listed now as kind of week to week, aggressively, as Nick Sirianni said, attacking the rehab process. So the fact that he's not gotten surgery yet, maybe is a good sign. I don't know how long he's out for. It may not matter after Saturday. Garden, Gardner Minshew is going to get the opportunity to end it all. If the Eagles win Saturday, you can sit Jalen Hurts to your heart's delight to the end of the season because it's not going to matter much because the Eagles would have locked everything up and everything will then work itself out. Jalen could sit for what? One, well, one, two, three. He could sit for five weeks before he has to play again and get better because the Eagles would have handled all their business. So things could work out. It could be not that big of a deal, but I say it is a big deal. It is a big deal. We've been talking about it all season. Jalen Hurts is, is, is a prolific athlete, and he's proven himself in, the, in his maturation process this year. He has taken the franchise quarterback steps. But I've also said that he's running the ball too many times. And before, it was not his, um, it was on his um, progressions, right, on the way he looked at a pass play. He wasn't really giving in my opinion, the opportunity for his receivers to get open. He was looking at one option, maybe two, and then tucking and running. Now it seems to be that there's actually too many plays drawn up for him to run the ball himself. And we've been saying this all season long, that a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, with the way he plays the game, it's not a matter of when, or I'm sorry, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And, it, and it's happened, right? Hopefully that it's a minor setback. Hopefully it's a minor issue, but if Nick Sirianni doesn't figure this thing out, you know, he's got a thousand yard rusher in Miles Sanders. Why is he not giving the ball to Miles Sanders 25 to 30 times a game? Why is Jalen Hurts getting more than potentially five running calls played for him a game? Why? Why? Now, 
a lot to do with that design, I think, had everything to do with the weather situation in Chicago on Sunday. Uh, Jalen was having problems throwing the ball due to the cold. So I think the Eagles went to more of a ground-designed-oriented attack. But why was that attack featuring Jalen Hurts? Why was it not featuring your running backs? So Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen are kind of, uh, in my opinion, a little bit to blame for this today. A little bit to blame for the injury. A little bit of a little bit of a little bit to blame for giving putting Jalen Hurts in positions to get hurt. Now, all through all this, the Eagles did their job. They beat the Bears twenty-five to twenty. Were they looking a little bit forward to Dallas? Maybe. Were they looking a little bit forward to the Micah Parsons comments? Maybe. But now it just seems that Micah Parsons comments, as ridiculous as they sound last week, they they're actually going to get tested this week. Gardner Minshew is going to prove whether or not this is a system or if this is an athlete. Hopefully it's a system for us Eagle fans. As the Eagles are going to look to end this thing on Saturday in Big D on Christmas Eve against the Dallas Cowboys in a game that literally means everything for the Philadelphia Eagles and Dallas Cowboys. It is quite possibly a playoff game. Now, both of these teams are in the playoffs. It's not like this is going to stop their um, advancement, but it is obviously affecting positioning and the dallas cowboys are still fighting for the nfc east eagles have an opportunity to end that fight on saturday with gardner Minshew, who will probably not get as many rpos or many runs called for him we may have we will see miles sanders carry the rock we're going to see probably a head a healthy dose of boston scott carrying the rock we're definitely going to get an opportunity to see if micah parsons was right or wrong as the Philadelphia Eagles will get ready to battle the um, Dallas Cowboys on Saturday on Christmas Eve, folks. And then uh, right off the bat, my my week fifteen or was yeah my week fifteen in the NFL nine and seven overall, not bad. Again, I I've stopped trying to kind of rationalize this crazy year that it's been, but nine and seven on the week. Uh, you know, I was over five hundred for the week, not great, just barely good enough. But that's been the, my mantra all season long. Uh, Thursday, when we come back, we'll talk week 16. We'll maybe talk a little bit more Eagles and Cowboys. Obviously, we're going to hold off a lot on that um, for the pregame show that will be coming at you at some point, either Friday or Saturday before the game. We'll mix in some flyers as they're back in action this week as they get ready for the holiday break, thank God. And we'll talk some Phillies. Nothing really new to report on the free agency issues with the Phillies. No real earth-shattering moves. They they um, extended the GM for a couple more years. But we'll, we'll touch base on the Phillies as well. But um, wanted to come at you on this Philadelphia Eagle breakdown show on Philadelphia Eagle Victory Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, have yourself a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk later and take care.